Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, uh, great to be with you again today, sir. I'm, I'm uh, stoked for our part two uh, with uh, John Gaston. And uh, uh, we, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first episode, uh, it's episode number 105. But Ali, if you could introduce John again, and, and uh, we'll just get right into the questions. Yeah, and holy crow, 105 episodes, Dwayne. That's crazy, right? Um, yeah, anyway, for, for those that are listening, I mean, just a quick introduction because, uh, you know, there's so much I could say about this one individual. You know, he's a good friend of mine. We know each other for a long time, almost uh, 20 years maybe, or close to 20 years. And um, he is uh, an incredible martial artist, a uh, great practitioner. And when I met him, he was interested in jujitsu and kempo. Since I met him, he's become, you know, uh, a master of that art and, and or has been always, uh, you know, high level in those arts. But now he's also a personal student of Hoist Gracie. So, uh, you know, you, you know, when you get up there in age or not to say that you are, John, but, you know, when you're, you know, you're <laughs> up there in age, a lot of times people stop training. You've dug deep, deep in and, and actually got in almost as intensely as you did when you first started. So, I mean, most martial artists kind of, you know, slow down. You've kind of picked it up, and, and that's your mentality, and that's what we love about you, and that's why we have you on the call because that's your personal life philosophy. Yeah. And if you didn't no, get a I chance to listen that. to the last – I was going to say, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the last call, do so because we go in a little bit more in depth about John's background, obviously why he's qualified to give us uh, uh, this information that, uh, that we're going to continue to talk about today. Uh, John, we've got uh, a few more questions to kind of wrap up everything, and and but these are more of uh, I would say deep, you know I would say these are kind of deep questions. Um, some of and if we could kind of talk about some of the uh, biggest business struggles that you uh, that you had as you were developing your school, and and I just want to remind school owners that everybody listening. Are, we're all at different levels, and sometimes we ask the wrong questions. And what I mean by that is this. You know, me starting a school and asking somebody like John when I first started a school, um, hey, what are you doing to succeed right now, is, is the wrong question. Because really what I need to ask, in my opinion, is, John, what did you do when you were at – 100 students or at 50 students to get to the next level, not what are you doing now? Because, see, what John is doing right now is totally different than what he did at 50 to 100 students to get to where he is now. So I just kind of want to preface that, that we always got to make sure that we're asking the right questions. Because in general, I think the most of the people that are giving the answers are probably giving uh, the correct answers. We just as school owners don't know necessarily the right questions to ask at the right times, depending on the stages that we're in. So, John, if you could kind of go back and visit when you were a younger school, the business struggles mm -hmm. that you had then, and then maybe cover uh, those and then fast forward to where you are now and the business struggles that you have now. Yeah, it, and, and I love how you set that up because I think that's so true, and we, we kind of alluded to that in the first call um, just from a, a from a comment that I heard a guy make uh, after a seminar not uh, just last month, and he was grabbing hold of one comment that uh, the person speaking said, and, I'm just, and, and I tried to put it in. I said, you've got, you got to put it in context of where you're at and understand what he's doing because it may not fit where you're at right now. So I, I – I think that's one of, you know, the way that you set that up, I think was, was beautiful. And I think that's probably, if, 
there was one key thing that's missed. Uh, everybody's at different levels. And um, so, you know, if, if I go back, um, you know, we talked about in the beginning, uh, really I was teaching in a hallway with no no intentions of running the school, no intentions of being a teacher, but simply asked because the, the black belt instructor had left and simply asked to run a college in a mural program teaching in a hallway. So to me, that's where it connected for me, but there was no intentions of, you know, ever being, you know, I, ca- I came up um, under under some amazing martial artists that were never able to do this professionally. Um, they never were able to do this outside of being what I call bivocational. They worked during the day and taught at night. And that's, so in, in my mindset, that's all you could do. I did not know anybody uh, personally that I had trained with that was teaching martial arts for a living. So I would say that the first um, you know, teaching part-time, and then I made a big jump in 96. But I had already had a decent base of about 50 students when I did that. So the next the next thing was really trying to figure out how do you go from uh, bivocational or a hobby school, and I don't mean that as an insult to anybody that's doing that, um, to uh, a professional school that you actually have a living and are doing it full-time. And so, you know, getting there, and I can remember being so naive and sitting down and thinking, well, you know, I make this, and 100 students time this would be that. I could do it. Well, no one, you know, who told me about taxes, capital gains? Who told me about how to do intros? Who told me how to retention, uh, to do retention? See, I never had any of those tools in, in the toolbox whatsoever. So, you know, I started as raw as probably anybody ever has, uh, jumped in full-time just really with passion and no tools. And, um so I think probably I can relate to everybody who's who's thinking about doing that. You you have to have a cohesive system of how you're going to promote uh, to retain the students through that promotion. Not only get them the black belt, but what keeps them there during that. And um, you know that was that was a big struggle for me. And then marketing and getting the name out there and and having something attractive as some type of offer to get them in the door. And I, I think a lot of times we miss that too. Uh, you know, I think I said in the first the first part of this this um, com- conversation that I think anybody who has any personality, uh, a little bit of charisma, and is a people person, is and can they, if they see that you love the martial arts through your actions, uh, you can put a sign on your door and probably get fifty to seventy five students that easy. And but the days of walking around handing out flyers and you know, the stuff that we were doing in the 80s, that's just not working now. Um, so you, you've got to be educated in all those different areas. So uh, I would say understanding how I'm keeping students, pricing programs, um, right from the beginning of marketing to get them in the door, some type of intro, and then uh, a, maybe a shorter-term program, and then to the longer-term program or to eventually get them the black belt was the biggest struggle in the beginning. So as we grew and everything took place, I'd say the the other big struggle is then how to um, duplicate yourself or get staff that is trained to be able to emulate what you do in your absence so that you're not, you know, it's, um, was it the E-Myth, maybe, the book? I I don't want to reference that if I'm wrong, but where I still have this conversation with a chiropractic friend of mine. You know, he's like, well, you know, I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'm going to hire another doctor to do this, and I'm just like, you know, as long as we are working in our business, we're self 
we're self-employed, but we're not entrepreneurs. We're not business people. I know we're no different than Joe's Plumbing that's on call 24-7. Right. So um, right. I think that that was the next step. Um, and, in, and to this day, I don't think that's, I don't think any of those steps ever leave. They're just on different levels. Um, but I, I would say the biggest struggle that I'm facing today um, is, is like that, is, is getting uh, staff. I got brand new staff um, that I've had for the last nine, ten months. Uh, two-thirds of them are brand new. One of them's been with me three years, but the long-term people. Um, so, you know, that, that's really been my focus lately. And I think that's the biggest struggle that a lot of school owners go through too. So, and yeah, would you the, say uh, that, the whole? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Allie. Go ahead, Dwayne. You you go ahead, Dwayne. I would say that, and that that's one of the the uh, the biggest struggles that we have. I think at the at what you're talking about, the level that you're at is trying to uh, duplicate yourself. Um, you know, with with that staff, and that comes with a lot of education. Because you've been in the industry for so long and you've seen so many things when, when it, you know, the, the bridge is how do, I, how do I teach this person to become what I am or close to what I am in half or um, a quarter or an eighth of the time. And, and, and that's kind of right. what you're – yeah, and that's, that is a huge obstacle to overcome. How do you yeah. – um, and I know I don't know well, I know this isn't necessarily the whole avenue that we're going on, but how do you kind of come up with the, to, you know yourself to solve that problem? Well, and we're really trying to just and, and I don't know if I have a solution to that. I can tell you what I'm trying to do is right now is look at it and and it, it, and I hate to say this because I feel like I'm stupid to say this a little late in the game, but I had this huge epiphany like 60, 90 days ago that I show. And I have some material that is there for my staff to understand and do. Like, here's the phone script. Here's here's your intro procedure. And it's documented. But I don't spend. Did we lose you, John? I think we may have. I'm still here, but I think he just cut right off. Um, Okay. Let me text him. But I do have something to say. I'll text him and let him know. I'm sure he's going to. He's going to uh, okay. figure it figure it out <laughs> sooner or later. And it's like always the most profound things that people say, um, you know, uh, anyway, uh, but uh, when they get cut off. But what I was going to press too earlier on, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we forget, and you and I always say this, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know, you know, so. How does one individual and, – and when John gets back on the line, I just texted him, um, you know, how, how, to, how, do you not know, how do you know what you don't know? And, and the only way to do that is by following some other person's plan or a hell of a lot of mistakes and the school of hard knocks, right? So there's certain right. things that with running a school like, – like, for example, you and I were just talking before the call. I went and I visited a good friend of mine, a client of mine in school, and, you know, I walk in. And he's like, what do you think? And, like, within 10 minutes – I had like 20 things that I was thinking that I would do slightly different, enhance, fix, change, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and for me, though, that comes natural. It's similar to uh, a, a real estate entrepreneur um, purchasing properties and knowing all the ins and outs and all the little gimmicks and the way people could do things that is not available to the common person, right? So 
um, that's important for us to realize. And, you know, that's where you don't know what you don't know, and that's a big deal. What do you, what do you think of that, Dwayne? Well, I agree, and it reminds me of, um, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, The Art of Learning by Josh Waitkins. Um, he was the subject of the movie and also the book Finding Bobby Fisher. But anyways, ah, um, you know, he talks – it's a great book, but he talks about um, the differences with with chess. He talks about the differences with regards to, like, a grand a grand master in chess and right. an expert. And how the grandmaster is able to see the board differently than the expert based upon all of the information and years that have gone into it. Um, and, and that's the key that I think John was kind of alluding to that, you know, he realizes that the fact that, wow, I, um, you know, I need to be able to take the 20 plus years that I've been teaching and roll that into a systematic approach to be able to get my team up to speed as quickly as possible. And I would say that, you know, one, one thing that's important is having regular staff meetings to be able to do that. And, yes, do I believe that you should have a systematic way? Certainly. But kind of like John had, had talked about on the last call, which was a great idea, when he sees a problem in his business, you know, that week he's going to bring it up in the staff meeting. He's going to cover it. Um, you know, at that specific time, if that makes sense. Uh, and, John, I believe you're back on the call. Yeah, I apologize for that. I was just just got a text that I got knocked off, and I, I was still talking. <laughs> well, I, you know, we said well, well, we said uh, it's probably one of the – when you got cut off, and this is quite often um, that it happens like that, it's probably the most profound thing that you could have ever said that the listener would have benefited from was when you got cut off. So try to try to remember a little bit back, you know, about what you're saying. Um, and maybe wh- where did we kind of, the question, Dwayne, where we left off was on. Uh... Well, John was telling us that, you know, he was being honest that uh, it, it was about 60 to 90 days ago that he really decided or had an epiphany that, you know, I, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm uh, bringing my people up to speed. Is that kind of where you were going with that, John? Yeah, yeah, and the, the repetition of it, and, and, and you know, it's same thing. They, they may know this Kempel form that I know, but they don't run it as well, or maybe they, they understand three ways to get out of side control from the bottom, but they're not able to do it as well because they just haven't had the repetition uh, and, and the time in to do it as smooth where we can, where guys like us can, who have done it for a long time, and not because we're any brighter, it's just through experience, and we're able to, to adapt to that and and deal with that we're able to see when that parent's body language shut down during an intro we're able to see when we've lost the the child's attention we're able to to read that there's a reason this person's not making that enrollment step even though today is the enrollment step process um and so not only giving them the tools and the scripting of how to do it but how to when's the timing and when's the practical uh place to do those things and how do you actually apply it and be successful with the tool and uh that's that's the biggest thing that I that I think I've neglected and just it's never dawned on me. And you know, here we are for a living teaching martial arts, and I I'm gonna teach you this arm bar probably a thousand times from white belt to black belt. But with the staff, I hand you a phone script and think it's done. And um, you yeah. know, I, I think we you got to look at it that way. And you know, I almost and, feel and John stupid too for for not understanding that sooner. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, one thing though that's interesting, and and we, when you got cut off, I added in Dwayne and I always use the saying, "You don't know what you don't know," right? 
So, so obviously, um, you know, and that, that is probably the biggest problem with our society today is you don't know what you don't know. So the people who know that we think like that will fill our heads with things that they think we should know. And all of a sudden now we have information that we know whether it's true or not, right? (laughs) It doesn't matter. Sure. So the problem is right. You know, with us as coaches, and, and I think that there are two things. One, passion, right? That's something that you can't make Absolutely. someone have. And two is uh, stubbornness. I think that every martial artist that I've ever met that is ever a successful martial artist or a successful school owner and martial artist, we're thick-headed. We're stubborn. We don't give up that easily. We don't quit. And we do have that passion to become the greatest we could be. So that's why you're such a huge success. Now, um, teaching people to be kind of like us or almost like us, that's a hard thing, but you're right. It has to be done through repetition so that it's almost become second nature without them even knowing it because the process yes. has been drilled into them over and over and over again, right? And that's, that's really what I, I struggle with now, too. You and I know each other for a long time, and, and um, I'm going through it again probably for the 70th yep. time. It's kind of frustrating, a new program manager, and, and now I go back and I'm looking – Man, what did he miss? What did he need? What, how many parts of the system did he not complete? What could he have done better, differently, change? Um, and I go to myself, man, wh- why did I fail at training this person? Because you know, if I if right. I did if I did it the right way, hopefully he would have been as amazing as he could have been. So anyway, that's yeah. just a it's it's kind of a struggle. Yeah, and and I think to add to that is, is sometimes we, um, and, and I see it more now. Um, and, and I don't mean this as an insult to my new program director. She's 19. She's very passionate about the martial arts. She's building up more confidence. But she's not a, a conf- overconfident person. And that, that position can be, you know, a little bit, beat you down a little bit um, type thing because the no's and the rejections. And then, you know, she's, she's, I can tell that she's not comfortable to tell me that someone said no because she feels that she's lost. And I'm like, you know, statistically, hey, you can lose 20%. It's going to happen. Everybody's going to do it. And if you lose more than that, talk to me about it, and we'll, we'll help you with it. It's not, I'm not going to beat you up with it. But, you know, I think the, so the other part of that is I think sometimes we neglect it. Uh, are they confident? Do they feel that they can do this? And, um, you know, do they, they, they just feel that they have your support and they're confident. And I think they get that by doing things over and over as well. So, you know, the other aspect right. of that repetition and training is, Make them feel comfortable. Make them – they are accountable. There has to be you, – you've got to understand you're accountable, but I'm here to assist you to be extremely successful, and I want well, you to be confident I, I, with it. So. And I was going to add to that too is uh, one thing that we do is – and I'm sure you do this anyways, but we purposefully say this with a new employee is I expect you to make mistakes, and the more mistakes you make, um, the better you're going to get, and the faster you make mistakes, the more you're going to learn. And so I want yes. you to make the most mistakes in the beginning so that you learn them as quickly as possible. And I'm there to, you know, assist you through all of that. And then the other thing is, and, and this is where I found myself, and I know this is an interview on you, but I wanted to throw this out here. This is where I found myself trying to duplicate myself out on the floor is when I was on the floor teaching all the time and I had storm team members, uh, you know, assisting me, I would always teach while I taught. So, I would always, as I taught, I would teach the storm team members why I taught it that way or why I did it that way, or I'd ask them questions. Did you see what I did? Why do you think I did it that way? And then when I pulled myself out and had those same storm team members now as paid instructors, my my problem was I didn't tell them that they needed, needed to teach while they taught. 
And so they had storm team members that were teaching, and they expected them to do the things that they were doing. But, but what the problem was is they didn't see, even though I was doing it to them purposefully, they didn't see the, that they were being taught while they were teaching. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. they didn't uh, pass that along. And so then I had right. a group of storm team members. By the time they were age appropriate to be paid instructors, they weren't nearly at the level as the ones that I had now uh, paid or at that, at, that, at that time as paid instructors because I taught while I taught. So I had to go back and go, hmm, what happened? Now right. I have my instructors teaching while they teach. So it's not just, hey, hold this pad. You know, why are you holding this pad this way? What are you doing and why are you doing it and that type of thing? So I just wanted to throw that yeah. out there because I went through the same thing with regards to duplicating myself out on the floor. Yeah. And, you know, real quick, and I, I, I think it's a battle that we all deal with, right? I don't know if it's ever going to go away. You know, and Ali's extremely successful, and you, you just had just mentioned that you're going through it again the 70th time. So. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, my good friend Apollo Ladra, who I love, he's a great teacher, great martial artist. Um, most of you probably know him. He has a shirt, and it says, um, train to learn. No, train uh, uh, train to – yeah, train to learn and uh, – teach to train or something like that. Please, if I uh-huh. wrong quote, you know, don't go home. But basically what he, he does with his people is that he'll teach them and then they have to teach it in order to learn it, which I think is just an ingenious philosophy. And that's what, because you know, I, you and all of us here on the call and everyone listening, we get, re- we got really good when we started to teach. That's when my level of martial arts really hit a whole nother tier sure. is when I started to teach because I was teaching it over and over. And I could do my katas in my head backwards. I could say it and not even do it, you know, and I, I could perform the moves because I was teaching it on a regular basis. The, the less I teach, I sometimes have to turn to my student and go, hey, what was the name of that technique again? Because I hadn't taught it in right, a few months right. or whatever, you know, so yeah. teaching is a yeah. big aspect of it. And, and that's why also, too, all three of us that when we coach people. Um, we're coaching, we're actually reinforcing what we do business-wise. So it's incredible. Right. So, Dwayne, we had a few yeah. more questions, right, that we wanted John to go over with, with us. Well, what were some of them? Yeah, well, the next one is, uh, you know, what would you consider your, is your, biz, your, your, your biggest successes for yourself? And, and again, maybe uh, looking back to where you were and then where you're at now. Um, man, you know... I mean, I, definitely being you know, definitely being in the movie, definitely being in the movie Dreamweaver was one of them. Well, I was going to say being friends with Ali Abri was the best one I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> um, the biggest success I ever had. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know I you know obviously it, it it would be easy to look back to those moments when when you hit it. Um, you know, zero to seven twenty five in two thousand eleven when we made the cover of May success. And was a you know that that would be easy to say, but I, I really think it's uh, there's there's you know when when I was brand new going full time, and I would set these landmarks up for myself, and, and I would celebrate when things would happen. So you know I think going from fifty to a hundred, and from a hundred to one hundred and fifty, when I look back at those at those moments, that was just as huge as going from zero to seven twenty five in three years. Um. Having everything crash and rebuilding it back up, um, not that I <laughs> never want to have to do that again, and nor would I recommend anybody do it, but I think there's some victories in that too, is, is looking at mistakes that have happened and recovered. But, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of them. 
But I, I think it always comes back to in any of those, if it's it's those moments from going 50 to to 150, or if it's recovering, uh, going from zero to 725, or recovering from some staff issues in multiple locations, uh, troubles that happen. Um, all those success, but I think it always comes back to my passion and being able to. I, and, and I, I'm able to relate to people. Be, I'm able to relate to people because I'm passionate about what I'm doing, and I know it benefits them. And um, you know, so I say the biggest victories is always that. It, it's being able to uh, have those moments when you're connecting, and obviously when you're getting people to, you know, the the, the black belt test. I love to watch that um, because I always tell my staff they're physically training the shows that they know, but we're we are testing side by side with them in essence because their success or their failure is our failure or our success today and um mm-hmm. you know those those I, I think those moments you know when you do things like that um those are all good victories but i i would say you know every one of those steps that, that i talked about previous back to the early days or, or the greatest the greatest day ever you know would be easy to say it was you know that or the greatest victory was that zero to seven twenty five moment, but um, every everything had a lesson. There's a T-shirt that we do here. There are no mistakes. There's only lessons. Um, and um, you know when you I think when you recover, use a lesson and you recover, or you just use a lesson and hit the next level. All that time, uh, no pun intended. All that time, we are. <laughs> um, we, we're, we're, that's all victory. That's all victory. So, and I hope I answered that. I don't know if I did. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think you did. What, what, um, what are some other, and in closing here, maybe what are some other nuggets that you would share with, again, uh, individuals that are sure. new school owners to then up to the level that you're at now, uh, that would be beneficial for them. Sure. I, I think it's, a, it's, how you operate has to be i think every once in a while we got to get back and ask ourselves why am i why am i doing what i do and it and what i what i'm doing right now does it relate to that and i think it's very easy for us uh in this industry there's some there's a lot of great information that's out there but sometimes that's great information is great for that moment or for that person but it it's good information, but doesn't necessarily mean I can come back here and I can duplicate that because if I'm not aligned with the philosophy, the theory, or have the same things, or if I have something that's working for me. So, you know, be careful, it's, but always remember it's about why you're doing what you're doing, and it's about the basics, and it's about your operation. Um, find out what they're saying and put it back into your operation. Don't try to change to be somebody else, you know, and I think that's um, – one of the biggest things that I have watched in the industry the last, um, you know, maybe the last 10 years, it's been more um, more obvious to me, is that there's a lot of martial artists that are doing the martial arts in a box. They're grabbing information, they're coming back changing, and they're even adding things on your floor and or on their floors. And, you know, you can't be a qualified if, if it took you only two weeks to learn it, your students are going to outrank you by the time they have a month in with you. So um, you always think of it in that perspective. You know, be careful of the martial arts in a box. Be true to who you are. 
It's about your basics, your fundamentals. And when you're getting information from all the great resources that are out there like you guys, it's about – and I know you guys do a great job of knowing where they're at, but there's so many people go to these. They sit in on these um, big, huge seminars, and they grab a bit of this guy and a bit of that guy and a bit of that guy, and they go back and they try to do it. And um, if it doesn't fit what you're doing or you don't understand why it's working for them 100% in the context of what it's working, that may not be a positive thing for them. So, and it sounds to me that, like what you, one of the biggest things that you're saying is that, that context is everything and taking yes. uh, systems and whatever out of context can not only and, – and, and forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth, tell me – but can not only not work for your business, but can have an adverse effect on your business. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And I see it, you know, and that's a hard thing to watch with people, especially the ones that you care about. But when, when they, you know, they, they're in a spot and they're trying to look for that fast, uh, that fast next step, and I, and I believe there are some, I, you know, I, I, we've got to be educated. But I think more importantly, we've got to be inspired and it has to be the right context with the right message for us to bring it back here. And, um, you know, 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 what, know what you're grabbing hold of. Don't listen. I, I think on the first call I talked about there was a gentleman in the back of a room that I heard say that he – we were at a Brandon Belisio thing, and Brandon Belisio's service is, is top, top level in his academy. And he made a, he made a comment about uh, no contract. Well, this guy's like, I, don't, I like that. I'm, I'm going to go back. And I'm going to do uh, no contracts in 30 days out. And I, and my comment was, hey, as a friend, be careful on that, because I don't know if your service is at the level of Brandon's. I don't know if you understand completely how he works that and how how he notifies people of that. I'm sure it's more to it than I do 30 days. So get all the information uh, before you start going back and trying to grab something. You know. It's easy for me to watch Hoist every time. I can't do what Hoist does. <laughs> you know, every time right. I roll with it, I'm like, how did you get that R-bar? Well, you know, I bugged your neck and made you do this. I, I missed that part, Hoist. So, you know, I think it's yeah. so easy to do. It's so easy to do in the operation. Hey, I, I threw this, this, new, this new upgrade into my program, but I forgot how they build that up through the basics. So, yeah, yeah and right. and that's definitely some adverse impact. I John, that's Dwayne one thing and I, that Allie and I talk about. Yeah, go ahead, Allie. I think you're going to say exactly what I was going to say, Dwayne, right, about being sexy enough. <laughs> right? Partly, yeah, I, that, that was part of my comment. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, John, Dwayne and I often talk about, hey, we, have, we want to get people to listen to our, our message. And then we ask ourselves the question, but, but is it sexy enough for them to listen you know, like, is it, you know, because everyone's looking for the next biggest kill, you know, the, right. the greatest, newest idea. And then if it doesn't seem sexy enough, like, for example, you know, I'm a big, and Dwayne is, and I'm sure you are, we're big into our numbers. We love looking at our stats, looking at our numbers, making sure that we're doing everything right. Um, and then uh, what happens is, is people, they, they forget that that's the, where it all starts. And then they... Yeah. They don't do that stuff. So, but it's not right, sexy. Right. It's not the newest upgrade. It's not the coolest new plan that you're going to do. And um, but you know right. what? If I have schools that that they just can't get their numbers together, and they're always broke, and they have a lot of students, or at least they think they do, but they don't know yeah. if they do yeah. because they don't. You know what I mean? So, so what else? Well, are they, they don't do a that, student right? audit. They, yeah, well, they right. don't do a student audit or anything. But yeah, I was going to say, 
you know, that's part of the part of the, the, the problem is that the basics work. We know that as martial arts school owners that even, you know, the basics in our arts, no matter what art it is, are one of yep. the most important and foundational. And if we would just take our own advice that we give out to our own students from the physical aspect of the martial arts and translate that into business, even if it isn't sexy, we would be a lot more profitable in the end. And it's not all about money, but the money would come because all of the foundations would be uh, would be set in 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 place. And I I I, right. I appreciate you know you John with regards to saying the fact that you know that's it. I mean that is one of the best golden nuggets that you actually can have is to uh, you know have those basics down and 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 respect them. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it, and it comes back to that. You know, it's is it's, well, we I, we as school owners, we are growing up students. That's it. We're growing up white belts. And you know, and that's, yeah. You know, I hate to say that, but that's where I'm at with everybody now. Is you know, I can't assume that my program director, my program director, is a white belt in in asking for in in this position and and asking for enrollments and presenting and then laying out how this program works and the basic level and what the next level is all the way to black belt. She's a white belt. And we have to, we have to understand that it's so easy. Um, there's a good way to keep them inspired and educated, but how do we keep the, the stuff that's going to pull them off track? And I think it's very easy in our industry to get off track. Very easy. Yeah. And I was going to also add the last thing too is, that uh and you brought it up is you know make sure that you know who you are and what you're doing and Allie Allie and I talk about our brand you know my brand is different than Allie's but it doesn't mean that my brand is better or that his is better it's better for us you know that I stay true to my own brand it's better for Allie to stay true to his own brand and that's why and for you as well and that's why some of the things the 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 quote-unquote business in the boxes don't work for your school because it has nothing to do with your brand. Um, mm-hmm. It's not not to say that you couldn't look at it and pick something out of there. You know, I'm not going to say that all business center boxes won't work, but you do have to investigate those things, look at them, and make sure that they fit. You know, the end goal for your business. And if they don't, just because they're a good thing doesn't make them a good thing for your business. Sure, and, and also and, you know, too, also. Can I just add one thing to that is that sometimes, Dwayne, you can't buy a business in the box and add it to your brand because you don't even have a – and I'm not saying you, but most people don't even – they haven't even discovered what their USP is, right? You know, their unique strategic purpose, not unique selling proposition. So they have to do a little bit of research on who they want to be when they present themselves to someone else. So they can't be everything because then that's hard. You know, there's no real identity. So you have to be, you know, that that person or that, you know, that, that music genre or that art. And then you have to develop a brand where then you could then plug that thing into your brand. You're not becoming a new brand. This is what the industry loves is to sell a new brand every other every other year so that people buy stuff. And then they're, they just switch from being this to all of a sudden, how many martial artists sold their their livelihood out by putting in kickboxing and buying into just a specific brand and giving up on their system. So uh, I, it killed me when that was happening. But um, yeah, so what, you know, who are you? What is your brand is so important. Right. Yeah, I agree. And it, 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 it's easy. It's easy to get um, 
sidetracked from that, you know. Right. Well, and it's hard, you know, and I, I just want to throw this out here. It is hard to, I, I think, it's hard to, one, understand the concept of why it's important to have a specific brand for yourself. Uh, and, and, again, your brand isn't your style, meaning I do Taekwondo, I do, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whatever. Right. But but not right. only that, not only, uh, you know, succumbing to the idea or having the epiphany that it's important to have a brand, but then to uncover what your brand is takes time, too. And a lot of us, sure. not just martial artists, a lot of us Americans uh, are – and I'm right there with them – I'm impatient. I want it now. I want to move forward to the next thing rather than enjoying the process of learning what my or uncovering what my brand is and then therefore introducing it to all of my students and my community and what have you. It, it, would that be a fair thing to say? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's, and I know this call is so, about branding, so, it, but – Right, right. Well, you know, and then there, there, you know, it, it was interesting as you're talking. I'm sitting there listening to my, thinking to myself, I should say, and listening to my my brain. And we talked about victories and and, and uh, challenges. And you know, it was very. There was a moment when when I had two schools back um, 2013. Two schools just rocking, and but soon things started to go wrong. And a lot of that, if I could sum it up in one thing, it was there was multiple factors, but one of them, there's six employees, and not all of them were understanding what our purpose was. And we changed some of our purpose to try some new things, you know, um, and, and we tried something that was a complete failure and a total misalignment to what I believe in, in the martial arts. And, you know, all these things came together, so it's, it's very easy if once you get, you can be successful. I was making you know, if I wanted to look at profit margin, you know, I could say, hey, it was successful. But we were deteriorating what our product was, what our purpose was during that moment. And, you know, then when you have, a, you know, that kind of crash that happened 12 months, 15 months later, that, ha- that actually happened a long time ago. I always tell people, they're like, how did you get out of this? How did you get out of the triangle when they locked down like this and this? Well, you, the, you, that, that question you're asking me, the answer to that was like 45 seconds ago. Um, I think it's the same thing with our business. We have to we have to understand some of those mistakes happened a long time ago. And going yeah. back to that, and I think a lot of them always come back to, you know, there. So it'd be very easy to say, profit margin was telling me I was doing everything right, but it wasn't tied to what what we were doing. We we got away from who we were, and how we acted, and having people on the same page to do that. And, you know, making money is good. There's nothing wrong with having a great profit. But, you know, when when the day is finished, uh, the money isn't going to buy you the happiness. It's the fulfillment. Like you said, you know, some of your biggest successes, you personally, uh, are, you know, when they get to their black belt level and they're at a certain level, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually. And, and again, I, I'm I threw more words sure. in there than what you said, but I was, I mean, I'm assuming that's exactly what you meant uh, with regards to one yeah. of your big, biggest successes, right? Right, right. And, and, then, and then when that happens, you know, and particularly in our case back in 2013, when it happened, there was no clear understanding of what we were trying to do. And pretty soon it was like, well, how did we end up with that? I, that wasn't never my purpose, you know? And if I, mm-hmm. I can look yeah. back at that, that kid that was teaching the hallway Lincoln Land, he definitely wouldn't have said, hey, this is the direction I want to go. 
Um, <laughs> so I think it's you know very very easy, very easy to uh, grab information or even allow the wrong person to influence. So would you say then, maybe in closing, would you say that uh, one of the the golden nuggets, too, then would be to, uh, you know, it's okay to go and get uh, mentorship from someone um, or buy different products, but look look at them through the lens of who you are and who you want to be? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, yeah. Uh, education is, you know, I, I think it's twofold. It's, it's content. But it's also about being inspired. Does it excite you? Does it encourage you? Um, and it, does it align with what you're doing? Right. Allie, right. do you have any final thoughts? No, I love I love everything about this call. I mean, I just love you know John when he was done with our call last time, uh, he he felt inspired about just being on the phone, and I walked away the same way. I was inspired to hear my good friend and, you know, both of my good friends speak. And um, I'm hoping that the listeners hear that. And I, I want them to really understand that, you know, all three of us have not gotten to where we are without having a mentor or looking and sharing with friends that have like-minded success. Um, you're not an island unto yourself. So we're here for you. I'm sure John's available too. He's a little bit busier too that you maybe for coaching or whatever, but um, you could always probably reach out to him. Uh, but we, we love helping school owners. We really do. I, 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 you know, our, our process, Dwayne, yours and, and mine and yours is, uh, is all about education from the foundation up so that you don't have to buy a dojo in the box every few years to try to revitalize your income stream and the success of your school. It's discovering who you are, building a solid foundation. We call them the pillars of success so they could replicate themselves over and over and over again. Uh, those are the companies that last. I, I just, uh, on Thursday of last week, I just celebrated my 25 year anniversary in my school, which is pretty exciting. Um, and uh, I wouldn't be there. And I've seen schools open and close. I've had students leave me and quit and try to steal my business away from me. I've had people talk negatively about me. Um, some some staff members try to destroy my good name. And, you know, lo and behold, I'm still here 25 years later, still teaching what I love and, and the concepts of who I am. So, um, yeah, this is yeah. just a, a good thing for people to hear. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, yeah, I can't say enough, and I and I did, and I appreciate you saying it because when I did, I was like, man, I'm fired up, I'm ready to do. It. And, right. and then by talking and sharing, I'm like, you know what? And, and I even caught myself saying, I I do that, I believe that, but I'm not actually doing that 100 percent right now myself. Um, right. So you know that, and I, I think too, and I think we can all, and I don't want to direct. I know you were on a time thing, but the other thing I would say is we have friends in our martial arts community that are struggling. And, right. um, you know, spend time with them. But for every person I talk to that's struggling, I make sure I call an Ali, a Dwayne. And, and I'm talking to someone who can re-inspire and recharge me because that person just took some juice away from me. Um, you know, but we got to be there for each other, but you got to keep yourself, you got to keep yourself charged up and inspired. Well, John, I know that uh, Allie and I appreciate you, um, you know, being again on this call for part two, and and I'm I'm sure I'm certain that our listeners uh, picked up a lot of golden nuggets from you, and I think encouragement to know that even at at, at your level that you're still learning, and that it's a constant uh, constant thing that we should never ever, uh, you know, stop <laughs> uh, the learning process. Yeah. We can always go back and and improve. Uh, 
from that. Any any final thoughts before we, uh, you know, I go ahead and close the the call? No, I, I just I really appreciate the opportunity, and it's um, you know, I no, I don't really have anything more to add to it. It's that we 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 are in a great industry, and we literally can can change our own lives and change students' lives. So, and as long as we stay focused on that, I think it's it, it makes a lot more sense to us. And there's going to be struggles, and the struggles are going to happen. Regardless of what level you're at, there's going to be a struggle. Right. Absolutely. Well, I just want to remind everybody uh, that, um, you know, you can subscribe to School Owner Talk at uh, schoolownertalk.com. And you, you, whether you have, a, you know, uh, an iPhone or whether you have an Android device, you can do uh, both of those, getting it through iTunes or an Android. Just go to schoolownertalk.com to get that information. There also, real quickly, there also are some webinars that are still up there. Uh, there's some replays that you can uh, get access to. One is for the Karate for Christmas, um, and it's uh, uh, basically proven marketing strategies. And then uh, a free webinar as well for developing a retail wonderland. You can still uh, get access to both of those. And uh, just go to schoolandtalk.com to do that. And then lastly, uh, if you are looking for the part one to this call, um, you know, just because you listen to part two and missed part one, there's a whole bunch of different things that are in part one. That's episode number 105. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome, guys. I appreciate it. Take care, everyone.